you basically don't need a high-end computer to get into 3D animation. Welcome to this week's Animator's Journey podcast episode. I'm your host, Lucas Ridley. And if you've been listening to the podcast, sorry it's taken me so long to create a new episode. I've been busy being a dad. We had our first child, so I've had my hands full and have been grateful for that experience. So I've put the podcast on the back burner for a few weeks and now we're back. Thanks for your patience. And if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, thanks for joining. I am a professional animator for the last 12 years and I've taught over 70,000 people with my online courses. So I have the professional background as well as the teaching background, and I hope to try to bring that experience to help your animation journey in this podcast. This week, I wanna discuss a question I get a lot, which is what kind of computer do I need to animate? Sometimes people are asking this question because they're not even sure if their computer can handle Maya to take one of the classes that I teach, like Animator's Journey Beginner, for example. Now, the minimum system requirements are online. You can find them, and I'll just give them to you very quickly here. For Maya, which is the program that you would want to use and learn if you want to become a 3D animator, because that's what we use every day in studios. So Autodesk Maya has operating system of Windows 7 or higher, or a Mac OS 10.13 or higher. I've used Maya on Macs and PCs. And a quick aside about Macs and Apple, I used to have a Mac and I had an interview at Apple for a job there and they used 3DS Max. 3DS Max is another 3D software package that's also owned by Autodesk and I told them I could learn that quite easily. It's a cousin to Maya, but the reason why I don't have experience in 3DS Max is because you can't run 3DS Max on a Mac. And I have a Mac, that's I, that's why I'm interested in working at Apple because I enjoy the products and I have one. And that's also what's prevented me from using 3DS Max on a Mac. And the interviewer did not know that. And they were furiously, I could hear them typing and Googling stuff and like, they must be boot camping on the computer to get 3DS Max to work. So boot camping meaning they were running Windows at Apple <laughs> so that they could render their stuff. So I switched to PCs. I thought having an Apple for years and years was actually gonna be a leg up getting a job at Apple and was actually prevented me from getting a job at Apple, ironically. So I've switched to PCs and they're actually better in terms of the components are cheaper, they're more interchangeable. And on an iMac, you can't interchange the components. You want to be able to do that as the technology changes so you can swap in and out components individually and you're not having to buy a new computer every time you want to change something. So that's operating systems. You can use Mac or Windows, but I prefer Windows and PCs. I also prefer desktops because for the same reason on laptops, you can't really change out components as easily. I think you can change RAM, but even then there's like a maximum to that. But so that's why I prefer desktops because they're a lot easier to replace parts and upgrade them. So the CPU, they say 64-bit Intel or AMD multi-core processor, whatever that means. I'm not really a hardware guy, to be honest. And some of these aren't as meaningful to me. And I'll tell you here in a minute how I get past that. And I just get whatever works. My kind of secret to that. Then RAM, they say you need eight gigabytes of RAM. 16 gigs or more is recommended. I definitely recommend, I know from experience, you do want more than eight gigs of RAM. You want at least 16. 
And then for graphics cards, you want an NVIDIA or AMD GPU, just means graphics card with at least two gigabytes of VRAM and support for OpenGL 4.5 or higher. That's a bunch of gobbledygook. Basically, just get the best thing that you can afford in terms of graphics cards. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. And then disk space, you want at least four gigabytes free. So those are the bare minimum. You wanna go a little bit beyond that. And let's talk about now what I do. What I'm not a gearhead. I don't enjoy going into the minutia of hardware. That's not why I'm an animator. I'm an animator because I like animating, not because I like knowing about all the technical stuff about a computer. I don't really care about that. So what I did is four years ago, I just paid Puget Systems, which is a company that builds computers. And I said, here's my budget, build me a com the best computer you possibly can for operating 3D software. They did that and four years later, I'm still using that same computer just fine. And the also kind of secret behind this is the fact that if you work remotely for a company, typically you're remoting in to their machine. For security reasons, typically you can't work on a home machine for studios, and so you have to remote in to that company's workstation, whether it, they might not even have it on site as well. Places like Sony, they actually have a huge warehouse in Washington state. So Sony is in Vancouver and they have a huge warehouse in Washington state where that's actually where all the artists computers are and they remote into that warehouse. And you would do that working from home as well. Part of that is security concerns. Part of that is just ease of use and maintenance and stuff. But basically when you buy your own home computer, it doesn't matter as much if your goal is to be working remotely. You just need to get a computer well enough that you can actually just learn and use Maya for the bare minimum. Now, the good news here for animators specifically, meaning we don't light, we don't model, we don't render, we don't composite, we don't simulate stuff. We just, we do need the bare minimums. We don't really need a really high-end GPU card unless you're doing some game stuff, which we can talk about in a second. But you don't really need a huge computer and an expensive computer to run Maya. I used to run Maya on my laptop and was able to animate. I used to animate tests and stuff for companies on a laptop if I was traveling and it did just fine. So that's one huge advantage of being an animator is you don't need a high-end computer to actually get going. So to continue my personal story now, because I do some freelance stuff on the side and I do need a computer that can render and do that kind of a workload, I paid Puget Systems, my budget was five grand. And that may sound like a lot, but we'll run the numbers here in a second and I'll show you that's not really that much when you take into account what I'm doing. So I paid Puget Systems five grand. I got a, I can run through this, it's gonna be dry, but hang, bear with me. Intel Core i9, 3.6 gigahertz. It's an eight core something, whatever. I've got four by 16 gigabytes, four times 16. What is that? Whatever that is. Hey Siri, what's four times 16? Four times 16 is 64. Okay, there you go. I got 64 gigabytes of RAM. I have an NVIDIA GeForce RTX 2080 Ti, which has 11 gigabytes. And then I have, I do have a solid state drive. And that is important because you wanna be able to access the data as quickly as possible. And we don't want a disk drive, which has to spin and get up to speed. It sounds even archaic talking about it. We want a solid state drive. And so that is SD for short. If you ever see that, you go into Best Buy or somewhere and SSD, that's what that means. It's like a flash drive. It's like a USB stick, but on a big scale. So it just, there's no moving parts and it can immediately access the data. That's what we want, because we don't want to be waiting. And we also want a bunch of RAM so that it can store that temporary info 
in the RAM if, we're, if you're working on big animation scenes. Then that's about it. I have a cooling system and blah, blah, blah. I like Puget Systems. They don't sponsor me or anything like that. I just like them because they also have good customer service. If I wanted to make an upgrade, which I think I did, I think I actually added more RAM at some point. I can't even remember to be honest. No, I added a new hard drive and I just email them and say, what is my system? What hard drive do I buy that works with this that I can just plug in internally into this desktop PC? They email me and say this, you can buy it from us or not, whatever. They're great. So with shipping and tax, it came out to $5,267. Now I've had this computer for almost exactly four years. If I divide that out over a monthly payment, that would be $109 per month. I've paid for this computer every month and every month I keep it, that number is just gonna keep going down. So let's imagine I use this for another year. So I'll have it for five years. That means the cost would go down to $87 per month. And if I have this for another year after that, so six years total, the cost per month would be $73 per month. So if you take that six years and actually take it down on a per day basis, I would be paying $2.45 per day to have used this computer for six years. So when you put it in that perspective, $5,000 isn't that much because I'm actually gonna use this for a long period of time. I know I'm in a privileged position because I actually get work doing this and I can use the income I get for the work to pay for this kind of a thing. So when you're starting out, you may not be able to justify such a big expense and that's great for animators because you don't need to you don't need a big expensive computer you can start out with even a laptop and just the minimum system requirements for Maya and you can get going and you can be animating but if you do have the means to invest in a good computer I do recommend it because you can just use it for that much longer because you're buying the top end kind of hardware at the time of purchase which means it's going to have a bit more longevity so you can continue using that computer for years and years and you don't have to update every time a new version of the software or hardware comes out whatever it is now the one asterisk to this is if you're interested in game development and working in on something like unreal engine because that is much more gpu or video card intensive and you want to be favoring your investment into a really good graphics card so that you can run things at real time and you can work with an Unreal Engine. Now, if you're interested in learning all of this stuff, I would recommend starting at Beginner. If you are brand new to animating, Beginner is my course on animatorsjourney.com where we start from scratch. You get a free student license of Maya and you get my mentorship with unlimited reviews. And then we can move into intermediate, which is where you can learn stuff like Unreal Engine and Python scripting and mocap animation and creature animation and cartoony animation and cinematography and all kinds of stuff. We really go deep in intermediate, but you really need to start with beginner. Most, I would say 90% of the applications I get for intermediate, I reject because they need to take beginner first because that's where they need to start to create a good foundation before we jump into advanced concepts. But just to give you context on Unreal Engine and that consideration for your hardware, consider getting a better GPU if you can afford it. So to summarize this section, you basically don't need a high-end computer to get into 3D animation. It sounds counterintuitive, but as 3D animators, we're not doing the computer intensive stuff. We're moving a model around, a rig around in a viewport and we're setting keys and we just need to play 
back on our machine. Now, sometimes if the rig is very complicated, we'll just play blast and then we can see kind of screenshot video of our animation. So we're not rendering it to even see it play back in real time. If our computer can't play it real time in the software itself, we can basically just export that video to see it in real time and then keep working. So you don't need a high-end computer when you're getting into 3D animation. Don't let that stop you getting started. Now, if you're curious more about my setup around my computer, I do have a stand-up desk. I don't use it that much, admittedly, because it is a crank one. I think if I got the electric one, I probably would use it more, but there's also the consideration of cords and you wanna make sure that your cords are long enough so when you're not going up, so that when you're going up with your stand-up desk, it's not pulling the cords out of your computer or bending things. I also have some noise canceling headphones. I like the over the ear ones so that it feels like it's canceling even more and it takes a little AAA battery that I get rechargeables for so that I always have them and I'm not always buying batteries. These are the Bose QC15, Quiet Comfort 15. I don't think they make this old version anymore, but you can find these pretty cheap used on eBay in places. That's what I recommend. And if I had to buy new headphones today, I'd buy these again. And because you can get these the ear parts are replaceable because this kind of pleathery material, after a few years, it will flake off and you can just very easily replace this material, even buying stuff from Amazon. You don't have to buy it from Bose. The other thing to consider is the fact that I have had these headphones for 10 years. So once you buy them, I think I, these cost 80 bucks the first time I bought them and I've had them for 10 years and I I'm still using them. The other thing I use is a Logic, a Logic, Logitech, I don't even know what this is, a Logi vertical mouse. I, some people ask if you need a tablet to be a 3D animator. You do need it if you want to have a vertical orientation with your hand, which is more helpful because your wrist isn't rotated into the normal mouse position down, palm facing down. I do have a Wacom tablet. I use it for reviews when I draw over my students' work and I need to track stuff and that kind of a thing. But I tend not to use it for daily work as much because what I found is even though I like the vertical orientation of the Wacom pen, the hand position is very constrained. You basically have this tiny fist all day. And what ended up happening is my thumb would get locked in. Like literally I couldn't move my thumb because it was having to hold the pen so tightly. And it was my fault for probably holding it that tightly. But so what I found the best kind of in between tablet and a normal mouse is a vertical mouse. That way my hand can be nice and open and relaxed and it can still stay in that vertical orientation. And the other thing I got was a little mouse pad so that my elbow is exactly 90 degrees to my shoulder and my upper arm. Everything's 90, 90, 90. So that's in ergonomically typically what they recommend. Because my desk is a little too high for my arm, my hand to go directly onto my desk, I have a mouse pad that attaches to my desk and lowers that little mouse pad area by a few inches so that my hand can go directly on it from my armrest so that my arm can rest and I'm working on my mouse. So that keeps my wrist and my fingers and everything working well. I also, it's wireless as well. It's so old now, it's maybe four years old now. So the battery is kind of dying. So I have to keep it plugged in. Same is true with my Logitech keyboard, which is used to be wireless. Now I have to keep it plugged in because it's old enough that the batteries doesn't hold a charge as well. But what I like to do, I actually have an Ikea desk or lap, 
what are these called? Whatever this thing is called at Ikea. I don't know what this is called. It's like a lap thing. You put a laptop thing on it. But I use it for my keyboard so I don't have to have my shoulders extended out and rounded out over onto my desk and my arms are up higher because my desk can't get low enough to have my arms at a 90 degree angle. So it prevents me from having my shoulders up a lot and my arms out and being hunched over. So being able to sit back in my chair and have my keyboard on my lap using this little thing is very handy. So I recommend, it's 10 or 15 bucks at Ikea. So that helps me stay in a good position in my chair. And then I also keep my chair low enough so that I make sure my feet are fully on the ground and my legs can be at 90 degrees. My shins are 90 degrees to my thighs. Everything's at 90 degrees now. That is in theory. <laughs> it never works out that way that I'm perfectly doing that. I always end up leaning forward and looking at my computer a little bit closer the more I work. So just keep an eye on your posture. One trick I tend to do is I externally rotate my arms out. I try to hold that position with my scapula and clavicles held back a little bit. And then I put my hands back in a position to remind myself to have a better upright posture. So anyways, that is the personal hardware of my using the hardware around the computer and how I try to stay healthy because the more you work, the harder this is gonna be on your body and you wanna make sure that you're setting yourself up for long-term success because there's no point in learning all this stuff and working so hard to learn it, get a job, only to not be able to work because you're hurt, because your neck hurts or your wrist hurts or you have carpal tunnel or your back hurts. So you always wanna keep an eye on that. Thanks for listening to this week's Animator's Journey podcast episode. I hope this was helpful for people starting out wanting to know what computer they need. You do not need a fancy computer. And if you want my help getting started on the animation side and learning animation and getting the skill up and learning the software as well, you can do that in Animator's Journey Beginner. And that course has a rolling enrollment with no application. There's no prerequisites. There's no application. I already said that. But there's no barrier to you getting started because you also get a one-year student license of Maya when you join that program. Hope to see you there. Thanks for listening to Animator's Journey podcast episode. I'll be back hopefully next week. I have a few more podcast episodes planned. The big one I'm planning is talking about how working in the US differs from working in the UK and why I decided to take a pay cut and move to the United Kingdom over continuing to work in the United States. Now that might change in the future and I might move back to the US, who knows? But I wanted to give a comprehensive podcast episode and so that's why that one's taking so much longer because I'm actually pulling resources and research papers and interviewing friends and going in depth as much as I can for that so stay tuned for that one and I look forward to seeing you hearing you next time in the podcast and hopefully in animators journey beginner course thanks for listening